One in three Americans has an Amazon membership. Amazon also has 50% of the e-commerce market share, and every year it grows more. I'm Lee Levy, co-founder of Nanato Media and author of Beyonce Habla Español, How Lawyers Win the Hispanic Market. And this is In Camera Podcast, where we are carefully reading Amazon's A to Z injury claims policy. Grace, welcome back. How are you today? Good. How are you, Leo? I'm glad, Grace, that we were able to make it happen. For a moment there, I thought I was not going to be able to get you for this conversation this week. You've been very busy, haven't you? Yes. Uh, stack full of stuff to do. You know how it is when you come back from vacation. That's that's right. Absolutely. It never ends. And Grace, so uh, you've been doing some recruiting, some interviewing. And so I'm excited to hear that today you seem to have had a day of just great candidates and, and very, very uh, productive in terms of uh, your hiring efforts. It sounds like it, right? Very lucky today. Yes, I um, had a great conversations with really, really nice and, you know, very skilled people. I was yeah. very lucky today. <laughs> yeah, Grace, I totally hear you. And so I'm really happy for you. So Grace, I, want, I would like us to talk today about a few things that are news and updates that I think are very applicable for law firms. And the first one I have, Grace, here is about LinkedIn. So here is the thing with LinkedIn, Grace. Very recently, and this is, I believe, last month, that LinkedIn added a new feature that allows, outside of your business page, which that has been already uh, around for a while, that you can add your services on your business page, but users have also been able to add the type of services that they provide to their profile, right? And so the idea here is to be able to explain easier or make or raise awareness with your connections about the type of services, the type of work that you do, which I think is great, right? Now, here is the part that is new and that was released this week. And I'm really excited to hear what you think about it, is that now LinkedIn allows users to rate you on those services that you provide, you as an individual. But, of course, and so that's interesting because now we're opening up here a new chapter, which is basically LinkedIn reviews. And so these reviews are left to the individual, which is interesting. That's already kind of like uh, very, already different in the way that it happens in other social platforms, right? Like Facebook or like in Google My Business, that the reviews are being left to the business. But here is the real game changer for LinkedIn is that not anyone can leave your reviews. It's only people that you invite, connections that you invite to leave your reviews. And it's not just as many as you want. You will also get 20 credits a month to request for these reviews. So Grace, I'm going to stop there because I think there's a lot to digest here. I want to start hearing what are your thoughts about it, starting from listing your services as to your profile in LinkedIn. What are your thoughts on that? So, you know, it sounds like, you know, to me that LinkedIn is kind of trying to move towards that Google My Business concept, right? 
that's kind of what it feels like a little bit, at least in terms of the way the services are listed and things like that, but not so much the invite only thing. I kind of like that personally, um, because it can go a little haywire sometimes when people post reviews and things like that, when they never really even interacted with you. So it's kind of cool. Um, but I could see it, you know, kind of being the other side of it where it's like not enough at once or not enough uh, ways to get reviews, you know, with the credits idea or credit allocation idea. So I don't know. What do you think about that whole credit? Right. Thing? So, Grace, I'm actually quite happy that you're getting cold to this topic because it is something that takes a little bit of time to digest. Yeah. And initially, that was also where my mind went. The first moment that I read it is, ah, okay, so now, you know, like you have your Google My Business reviews. Now you also have your LinkedIn reviews, but not quite. Why? Because your Google My Business reviews are for your business, the whole business, right? Whereas your LinkedIn reviews are for an individual. And so this can be very advantageous because what happens here is that now team members, right, can get reviewed. It's a little bit more granular. You're not just getting one review for the entire organization. Individuals are getting reviewed, right? You're actually giving a review on a person. And I actually think that's a very good differentiator between what the other platforms are doing that are specifically leaving the review to the actual business. Now, we all know that LinkedIn, I think from a very, very long time, if not always, had the skills endorsement. Like you, there were, you could list out which skills were you good at, and then people could come in and vouch that, yes, legitimately, uh, this person is good at this, this good at that and that. But the reality is that that was never something that actually kind of like took off, right? People would be connections, close connections, and wouldn't necessarily go there and put um, endorsements. Now, LinkedIn has always also had the recommendations, right? So um, when people can go and leave kind of like a brief, almost kind of like an open recommendation letter there for about you, about your skills, about how the experience has been working with you. And so that I think has been more used. That I think is more sought after by LinkedIn users, they may potentially uh, be trying to generate some of those. But now the reviews, I think, is just creating a process here to just make it more easier to set up a system where LinkedIn users can actually request for other people in their, from like other connections to, to share their comments and their thoughts about the services um, or the partnership that they have established together. Now, let's move into the you are the only uh, way that people can ask. So basically, these are by invitation only. And so here's where I'm starting to have a little bit of a conflict. First of all, great from the standpoint that it basically eliminate, eliminates from the get-go the issue of illegitimate reviews, which is one problem that doesn't stop to exist particularly in Google My Business. Mm -hmm. And that is extremely frustrating. Yes. And even though we've recently discussed that there has been uh, new steps put up in place for businesses to be able to dispute what could potentially be reviews that are in violation of uh, Google's My Business review policy, this pretty much is the other extreme. This 
can almost read like review gating, right? Because you're only asking people that you want them to leave a review, a review for. And the way that other people may see it is like, well, you know, these reviews are biased because they are intentionally asked potentially to people who have actually received your services and that you feel or you think that they are satisfied, why would you ask for a review for to an unsatisfied, uh, like send an invite to a client that has a negative experience with you, Grace? I think you're right. You know, in terms of particularly with the invite only, I, I at first, my first gut reaction is, how am I going to grow my reviews if I only get 20 credits? But my like almost at the same exact time, the same feeling of, hey, but at least that way I get to pick and choose the, who I want to send these reviews to, who will be my best clients. So they're, of course, going to give me fantastic reviews. I like it. Yeah, I do see what you're saying about that. And I do feel like it both on the person sending the invites for the reviews and then the people receiving them, it reduces kind of the, the friction that you might have in reviews in general. Um, I like, I've always liked the skills endorsement section of LinkedIn because I do feel like it's, you know, it's always been very business oriented. Like what are my skills as a person um, that will draw you to me to, to buy from me as an individual? Because when you do selling, it's really personal selling, right? I'm not buying from a company. I'm really buying from a person. So I kind of like this. I like the idea of LinkedIn, you know, um, trying to show services on the individual's page rather than necessarily a company's page. Right? Yeah, I, I, that's, I, I really think that's, uh, that's the game-changing part for me, right? Shifting the review to the, rather than being sitting on an entire organization, uh, pushing it more to the individual. Now, one thing I don't know yet, Grace, and probably we can uh, research this a little bit more and, and by next week we'll have some more updates. How the review is going to work? Is it just a written review? Is there actually a recommended, not recommended sort of thing like in Facebook? Are there actually going to be start reviews? How are these going to display on the users, right? I think, I mean, you know, putting a star rating right next to a user name, right? Uh, maybe can, I don't know. I mean, obviously if the reviews are great and the star rating is terrific, it actually reads wonderfully, but if it's not so good, so, you know, it, it's kind of like you're grading someone, um, at a very personal level, right? Because it's not a business. Um, there is that fine thin line. And so my gut tells me that it may not, it's going to be more kind of like a recommended, not recommended rather than an actual uh, star rating. But I honestly don't know. What are your thoughts? I say we uh, send each other invitations and see what it looks like. Yeah. So, okay. So let's backtrack a little bit there. So how do you actually get to display services? And then how do you actually get to invite uh, your connections to leave your reviews? Well, first of all, you need to list your services under your profile, right? So if you already have your services on your business page, that doesn't count. You need to add them on your under your own profile. And you do that obviously by just logging into LinkedIn, going to your settings, and there is a function there that allows you to add those. Now, once they've been added, then you can actually send to up to 20 connections a month request for them to give you a review, 
on it, Chris. So again, this is interesting. I think it's uh, definitely, you know, continues to position LinkedIn as a platform that tries to reimagine in a way or another a little bit what other social media platforms are doing. Sometimes it does it with great success. Sometimes it just kind of like lags. And I think this one's going to be interesting to see where it goes. I bring I brought it up, Grace, because I think LinkedIn is gaining popularity and it's becoming a more used platform by law firms as a whole, those who are doing B2B or B2C. And definitely, you know, I think Although there is no shortages of platforms from where to gather reviews, I can definitely see some sort of potential here in which LinkedIn can become a top contender for law firms to prioritize and generate reviews from. I think some law firms more than others, but I definitely think that it can be a very meaningful and powerful way of attracting new business uh, particularly if you are currently networking and finding new clients in this platform. So this is definitely something uh, we're going to be monitoring and seeing how it evolves and, 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 and transitions and what impact is having. So Grace, let's move on. What other news and updates do we have? So this for me is kind of, I don't know if I think it's one of the coolest things, but I, I kind of do. Um, and that's Instagram. They uh, introduced this new limit, right? And the limit is basically comments and direct messages from accounts that don't follow you. Um, why did this come about? So in the year 2020, um, there was an outpouring of uh, very horrible comments, right? Racist and abusive and things that just shouldn't have happened. And so Instagram said, no, that's not going to happen. And it's not going to continue, especially not on our platform. So they introduced this just what was it yesterday? I'm looking at the date on here. Um, it was it's it's this August week. 11th. Yeah, two this days week. ago, barely. Yep. Yeah, mm -hmm. um, that's pretty crazy. Uh, very recent, and you know, I think I don't know if you've run into this yet, Liel, but um, we did a small boosted post on the cool sculpting campaign, and mm -hmm. one of the images we used was you know the hard fat image. Um, of somebody with the hard fat on the stomach area and our ad got rejected because, yeah. and the answer and the exact phrase was because showing body parts of this nature could make people feel bad about themselves. Mm -hmm. So I think that, you know, Instagram, you know, is owned by Facebook. So I, I think that as part of the abuse and, you know, harassment and bullying that they're trying to combat this is definitely a part of that and rolling out these types of, you know, limiting of messages to people that have only followed you for a long time rather than, you know, people that are all of a sudden never followed you and they're starting to comment all these terrible things on your, on your page, on your Instagram and post things. That's what they're trying to do. They're trying to make sure that they limit that type of um, interaction. Um, and it's easy to turn on. It's just a little toggle. Um, that says limit in your Instagram account. And it's very simple for this to be done. And you, generally speaking, you know, because you went viral, let's say, or, you know, it's mostly done for those who were in, in um, the public eye um, to be able to limit these types of comments. But that's basically it. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, there's there's some lawyers that, you know, they, they're out in the news and, you know, they, they may want to yeah. limit comments, you know, that to people that they... Yeah. 
follow them. Well, yeah, and just regular brands, right? I mean, you go in with the best intentions in the world, you create your content, you share, right? And there's a lot of hate, unfortunately, in these platforms. And to be quite honest, um, it shouldn't be a thing of either you completely shut down comments or you allowed comments and taking also the hateful ones. And that turn off comments was already a function that has been enabled uh, before by Instagram. And I think it has helped a lot uh, with, you know, solving this solution, but it doesn't have to be that black and white, right? There is also a gray and this is the gray. The gray is like, well, just let people who actually follow you, who actually have a genuine interest in your page, in your business that are, as you said, legitimate followers, uh, be able to comment and engage with you because just giving access to anyone doesn't help no one, right? It doesn't, uh, make the platform better. It doesn't add to your community who you created the post for. And so I think this finding the middle point on social media is a good way of um, starting to make it a safer environment, both for businesses and for users. And I certainly think that law firms, without a doubt, have been subject to a lot of abuse coming from these platforms, but at the same time, these platforms have enabled them to reach and connect with a way broader audience that they've ever had a chance to. So the price to pay has been high, right? And so I think this is going to balance that a little bit. Now, what's going to happen when it comes down to paid advertising in these platforms Obviously, now you are pushing yourself to be seen, right? And especially if you're running an engagement campaign, then, you know, you are actually paying the platform to give you exposure beyond that of your organic reach. But you need to remember that when you are running these paid campaigns, you have access of not showing up uh, comments that are harmful, that are not of any value to you you can actually delete those. Of course, you need to be very alert of what's happening. You need to be monitoring and paying attention and not just forget that you have campaigns and ignore them because you definitely want to make sure that you are um, checking what engagement it's getting, right? Now, I think, Grace, you know, and I'm going to play a little bit devil's advocate on this one because it's kind of like, same thing with the LinkedIn reviews thing, right? I mean, is it healthy for you to be just surrounding your brand around your, you know, yes crew that they're just cheering you up and telling you everything you want to hear and then, you know, ignoring everything else that's happening? I think uh, that's obviously not ideal. But I also think that that's not what Instagram is going for here. I think what they're saying is that if someone from your inner circle, if someone from your community that's been a follower of your fine doesn't have something or do not agree or they have a, a comment that doesn't necessarily complementary of what you're posting, it will still go on, right? but at least it's coming from someone who is a genuine user, not a bot, not someone that is there just to spam you. 
So I like this move and I think we're going to be seeing more of this coming forward. I think one platform that certainly needs more regulations is going to be Google My Business. I mean, I know we are talking about social media platforms here and Google My Business is more so of a directory, but there still needs to be more control as to who is a user, what counts as a user and what kind of filters they can be put out there to ensure that harmful reviews are not hitting your business. But I think I just jumped from one to another. Now, Grace, I have, (laughs) yeah, like social media to Google my business. But Grace, let's now talk about one other thing here that came up that I just saw it and I thought it was very, very interesting, right? Because, you know, as particularly this last year, a lot of the shopping has gone online and a lot of the shopping that is being done online has gone to Amazon, right? And I know, Grace, you still remember the days when actually uh, Slip and Falls in Walmart was a whole practice area of its own, right? Like the people would be targeting these type of cases. And with now more and more and more people actually buying through Amazon, those type of cases are obviously going to happen with, well, I think it's safe saying least frequency. They're still going to be there, but they're not probably going to be as abundant as they once were. And what I think it's very interesting, Grace, is Amazon's approach towards trying to take initiative towards controlling potential injury claims, personal injury claims that can result from a product that I was purchased through the brand, right? And so here's what Amazon is doing. Amazon is saying, okay, if you've had a personal injury situation case because you've used uh, or you bought something in Amazon and the seller, because not everything sold in Amazon is actually sold by Amazon. There are other sellers. But Amazon is the middleman, right? And so Amazon, what he's saying is like, whether the seller or not are willing to own it, we will, right? And we're willing to compensate you off to $1,000 to making sure that the situation is taken care of before it escalates, right? So Amazon is already saying, uh, wait a minute, we are going to take ownership. We're going to put up the fire and we're going to give you up to $1,000 disregarding what the seller wants to do, but also disregarding what we are going to do to the seller, right? This is to the user for the benefit of the user. Now, what's really interesting here, Grace, is that apparently judges in Pennsylvania said, well, Amazon, you know what? Like, it's still your responsibility. You're not stepping up and taking up the responsibility from the you from the seller and kind of like showing extra goodwill because the product was bought on your platform. And so therefore you're still responsible for it. So it's not like you are being extra generous with your approach of yes, I'll give you one thousand dollar and you leave me alone because we take care, we took care of it, even though we didn't have to, because it was not our product per se. And I think this is interesting. The reason why I'm bringing it up is because I think, you know, could this be a new category of personal injury claims that we're going to start seeing? Is there a potential here, right? Did you actually bought your product from Amazon in X, right? And I, again, what, I mean, to, to what degree are these 
personal injury claims, you know, what qualifiers are going to be subject to. But the bottom line is like, could, could this become uh, a practice area, right? Have you bought a, pro a product from Amazon and gotten injured and don't talk to Amazon, don't accept, don't settle for their this, call us. I mean, Grace, I know lawyers have gone hot after Lyft and Uber, right? Like they want those cases. Could Amazon be next, Grace? Have have has this been something that, or are these cases extremely rare that not worth paying attention? I don't know. I don't know. I think you're right. I think this could be another Walmart situation because, I mean, they're saying we'll cover you for claims under a thousand dollars. Us as Amazon will be your product liability or your liability insurer because it says property damage or personal injury. So that yeah. does open it up to, you know, okay, I got harmed by something I bought on Amazon, even though yeah. Amazon didn't sell it to me. It's from a third party seller, but they yeah. sold it to me on Amazon. Amazon is going to cover me up to a thousand bucks, but you know, it, let's yeah. say you plug something in and you got burnt from that, the personal injury and the case stuff, when you go to a doctor to just like, let's say you go to the emergency room cause it burned you, you know, and you need to go yeah. to the emergency room. That's going to be more than a thousand dollars. So yeah. I, I do think that it, you're right. And if, and if Amazon is offering it, is it that admission of liability, right? Okay. I think this goes a little bit beyond both in my jurisdiction. That's yes. not our, our area to We're not lawyers. Uh, talk about, yes, <laughs> about Amazon liabilities or not, but it just really took I me know. to a place where I started to think, look, I mean, personal injury cases by products bought in Amazon. So that, that was, that was an interesting realization. So Grace, it's time for our takeaways. We've gone through a few things, some of them that we can learn from, some of them that are just for us to stay alert on what are, you know, three things this week, recommendations, things that we can do. First and foremost, take a look at that new LinkedIn feature. Um, yeah. Go ahead, add services to your personal profile. And like Liel and I are probably going to go do, actually not probably, we're going to, um, we're both going to our own profiles, add services, and then send each other invitations because check yeah. out. So here is here would be one of my recommendations, right? Um, I still think, you know, if you if you get to ask for reviews right now, my recommendation is just ask for Google My Business, the most important one. Now, if you still have very, very close clients and that you're also connected with them in LinkedIn, ask them for a secondary review on LinkedIn, right? I still don't know whether LinkedIn is worth sacrificing a review on Google My Business. And the reality is that not everyone's gonna be willing to just go and leave you separate different reviews in every single platform. So I would say, you know, uh, yes, worth exploring uh, and ask really uh, contacts that will be totally fine with doing it for you if those exist. Because to be quite honest, Grace, every time it seems harder to find people that are willing to write multiple reviews. So that's one, right? Yeah. And I think another good takeaways here uh, could be, you know, um, look at your privacy capabilities nowadays, both on Facebook and Instagram. See whether it's a thing that you can benefit from. I think limit is a function that can certainly remove a lot of the hate and frustration that exists and that it causes, and it may not necessarily be something for you, right? Maybe, 
you know, you're, it's not impacting you. And that is not something that you necessarily feel you need to act upon. But it's good to have that function. Great. One final takeaway. So, yeah, because to me, those were two. I thought we had given really two very good ones. Um, <laughs> uh, take a look at the Amazon stuff. I mean, as a, <laughs> as an actual lawyer, uh, I would, if I was a lawyer, I would go look and just take a look. I mean, it could be another practice area for you or not, you know, but it does. I mean, even if you purchase on Amazon, it bears taking a look because um, yeah. if anything happens, you know, I mean, I would just take a look at their new A to Z at guarantee and see what it covers. Um, I think that's just a good idea. Just like anything we talk about on here, take a look at those features, take a look at the new enhancements, yeah. check it out. So we try to be creative here, right? Grace, think a little bit outside of the box, go to places that others haven't yet been. And I think that's really the message is like, um, it's very easy to want to jump into something when there's already a huge, uh, level of awareness and demand levels have grown. But the reality is that when that happens, it's going to be way more difficult to gain the relevance that you hoped you have. So positioning yourself early on as the law firm for something is going to be way more uh, advantageous for you on the long run than trying to do it after everybody is at it. So we're not saying that Amazon is or not a great opportunity uh to explore but at the end of the day is just an example of what do we mean when we say keep an open mind and always find ways to diversify grace thank you so much for this great conversation and we will be back next week with another one so have a great rest of your day and stay safe you too leo if you like our show make sure you subscribe Tell your co-workers, leave us a review, and send us your questions at ask at incamerapodcast.com. We'll see you next week.